episode has a content warning for discussion around natural induction, ovulation tracking, at-home insemination, pregnancy loss, and meeting with the dog. <laughs> Parenthood, man. It's not what you think. You got a little boo-boo? <laughs> forgot you could see me <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I just burnt this on the oven like a few days ago so <laughs> wait wait what how did you burn your upper arm on the oven? <laughs> that is a really good question that i have been asked before by people in my life. basically i was cooking a pie and um I when I, I put the oven mitt on here and then when I put the oven mitt on here it goes all the way up to here but it doesn't cover the yeah. rest of the arm and I for some reason decided to use my left arm to grab the back of the pie to pull it out and as I went in to grab it this touched the top of the oven and I like heard it go tss. so I just made a weird choice about how to get the pie out of the oven I don't know why I didn't just like pull out the rack or like yeah, yeah. Yeah, made a choice. <laughs> Decisions were made. Decisions were made, and here we are. So. Here we are. Here we are today. Yes. <clears throat> oh hi! <laughs> Hello. Hi. Oh, you what? two look so cute. Oh, look at you guys. Oh my <laughs> goodness. You're the ones with miracles and gifts within you. Look at this. So big. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa, Kyle, these are so huge on the screen. I know, they look so big on the screen. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it is big. That's why it looks big. They're big in real life. They are big in real life, That's too. That's right, Jess. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How are you both doing? It's so good to see you. Good. We uh, On weekends, we don't have anything planned, usually. Yeah. But this seven o'clock was very much in my head the whole day. I was like, oh, whatever I'm doing, I need to stop at seven. I, I was very mindful about it, which was really nice because I kept looking at the time and I was like, oh, it's only 10. Oh, it's only two. It, it made me appreciate my day more. I'm so glad. That's very yeah. nice. That's it's nice to be mindful. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm two days overdue, so I'm pretty full and happy and just like yeah. feeling like these extra days are just kind of little blessings that we can just have a couple time before baby comes. Um, totally. But I'm also like, how to induce na- uh, labor naturally? Google, Google. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we, can tell you, we can tell you what we did. We got our, some tips. Our, was... uh, yeah, it was our midwife who, who gave us like a natural... So, Hanul, you were 10 days overdue or 14? 10. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I would love it. And it worked stuff. like a charm. It worked like a charm. Totally fine. It was the best gift ever. Was it overdue? Herbs? No. Um, so, when we were ready, we said, you know, we would like a natural induce. And she made a concoction of um, peanut butter, orange juice, castor oil. And it's a blend. It was good. It was good. It's yummy. It was like... It tasted like it tasted like a bar in Thailand. So you took one at like eight a.m. and then I, the midwife came back around two. I took it around um, eight o'clock, eight eight thirty, uh-huh. and had she had normal made, day. Had she, normal day. Yeah, she okay? made some 
extra. She told me, like, you know, four hours later, have a little more. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I had it again around 12. Uh-huh. And then we were doing this and that, sat down to watch a movie at 2. And around 2.30, I felt cramps. I'd never had experienced Braxton Hicks either. Mm. So I didn't really know what contractions or cramps were supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. Other than, of course, my doula had informed me, told me what to expect. So when it did happen, I, I knew it was cramps. And then she was born at 6.28 in four hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. I got to get me some castor oil. I have peanut butter and orange juice. <laughs> I've read about castor oil. I've read about that being a bit of a like magic elixir for oh. that sort yeah. of deal. There was a, a doula from Russia who had already worked in Israel and then came to Canada. So she was really experienced. She said in Russia, they add a shot of vodka to the whole thing. That's so get fucked up alexis do it <laughs> probably helps with the nerves you know just helps yeah. with the pain a little wow anyway yeah. i i won't derail us anymore but that's brilliant yeah. oh that's great thank you i hope you try that later i might um okay shall we shall we jump in yeah why don't you why don't you kick us off alexis okay great oh i am so thrilled to have you both here this is so so nice um, so thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to chat with Kyle and I about queer conception, etc. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Happy to be here, guys. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just like tell us a bit about yourselves? Tell us your names. Tell us your pronouns. Um, you know, maybe like who who carried. Um, like, how you met. How you met. How you met. Just like give us the give us the yeah. little deets. Uh, my name's Jess. I go by she, her. Yeah, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I was just, uh, uh, the new Zoom etiquette is alphabetical, so I wanted her to go first. I'm <laughs> Sahana, um, and um, I'm 42 years old. Uh, I uh, My pronouns are she and her. And uh, how did we meet? Well, um, I used to host Backyard Fires because I lived in the Mill Creek Ravine, um, literally in it. Um, there's one house in the bottom of the ravine, this big white house. So anyway, I was uh, rooming in there. And so I thought I should share the creek with my friends. And so I used to host big fires on Fridays and uh, just came to one of those fires. And, and that was it. And then you had your own magic fire just starting together between the two of you. <laughs> it took a little while, actually. It, it took a while oh. because I Sahana think... was incredibly intimidating when we first met. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but um, but eventually we went on a date, like probably like a month later. Yeah, a couple yeah. of months, couple of months later, because you had super tea. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 So we met. We met at a fire, and and it was one of those things where we had like multiple mutual friends we just didn't know each other before that yeah yeah we didn't know but uh, just things i was intimidating but i was actually more in shock because i had seen her at remedy a year before and had a huge crush on her but i didn't know her and i thought oh my god it's the remedy girl (laughs) so that's what was happening in my head yes 
Yeah. <laughs> Your I, nervousness comes across as a, uh, as be, as aloofness. Yeah. I, that's yeah. a good, that's a good, uh, a good way of handling it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it worked out. <laughs> and how long have you been together? Um, like ever you were saying 10 years, but I feel it's, like it it's 11. <laughs> 2009. I'm better at yeah. that. It's 11. No, it's 09. It's 09. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my God. How? So who? So first of all, who? Who has been the carrier of, of the babes? How did Do you it. decide? Like, how did you decide who would carry? That was easy. Yeah, <laughs> it was really easy because intuitively we understand and appreciate each other's gender, and it was it was pretty uh, obvious that I would be the one, and and it was yeah there was no we didn't even need to talk about it it was just but i feel like it's also i feel like it's a result of like the whole process came about because like of um like both of us wanted to experience raising a child both mm -hmm. of us wanted to experience being that person to a child being a parent to a child and if neither of us wanted to carry the baby then not, then we would have had found a child to be in our lives a different way yeah but like for us, like, I mean, I didn't want to carry a baby and Sahana did. So that was part of her, that like, again, like that's like something she wanted to experience in life. Yeah. That's how it was made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I thought I would just be adopting. So, you know, but mm. um, when we did decide to have, I was like, yeah, I want to have the baby. I want to carry the baby. It's funny that you say that it was like, it was it was kind of like obvious to the two of you because when yeah. Alexis and I were prepping for this uh, episode, we were talking a little bit about that and like like for me and Steph, like it was just it was it's obvious to us, but like you know, and maybe it's just because I view the world through a queer lens. Just because I look at a couple doesn't automatically mean that like oh that's. I'm going to, I'm going to peg the femme one as the person yeah. who's going to carry, right? Like, cause that's obviously, it's not obviously, but it's not always the case. Um, and then with like me and Steph, like we're, I, I don't think she really identifies as femme, but we're both more like feminine presenting. Um, mm -hmm. But like in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, it just makes sense. I'm of course I'm going to be the one that carries the baby. Like, obviously mm -hmm. but alexis was like oh, i wouldn't have known that by just knowing you two right so mm -hmm. yeah it's funny how it's like in our relationships it's like intuitive to us like we were like oh yeah <laughs> of course this person that's, that's part of the beautiful yeah. intimacy of the journey of queer pregnancy i think is like those nuances that only you and your person kind of know which is just really lovely really really mm -hmm. cool and like for us <clears throat> i I'm four and a half years older than Allison, so it was that was an easy decision based on age. Plus, I was ready sooner. I was like, okay, time for babies. And she, Allison, my partner, didn't know <clears throat> if she wanted to carry at all, so she wasn't sure. But now that I'm almost popping a baby out, she's like, I'll be next, please. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So it was like a neat transformation. But, yeah, it's cool how those things work themselves out. It was really cool to be there as like, you know, a masculine presenting, I don't even androgynous person, but like, it was really cool to see, to be there for like a pregnancy and a birth mm -hmm. and to kind of like 
gain that awareness of like what is my own body as well like it was really it was really cool it really gave me like like an appreciation I feel like in a way that kind of wasn't there before even though like it didn't make me want to experience it but like I'm so I'm so like I feel so like lucky to have been present at that moment and like being Mm. close to it yeah yeah Yeah. I appreciated that as the person who wasn't carrying the baby Mm. Mm. and and also to like just have my biology Mm-hmm. like it wasn't like it wasn't like alien to me or whatever like how it's whoa that's so weird and you know the the, the partner's supposed to kind of like be freaked out and like you know not know what to do but it was like I feel like as someone who has the like similar biology I found it grounded me I thought it was really really cool mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that just made me like emotional I me too I don't cry. know that was so we have a lot of hormones in our bodies, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. part of it, but like, oh, yeah, yeah. Three emotions yeah. anyway. That's yeah, true. I, yeah, I think we, we might have flirted around with the, um, uh, at times where Jess told me I had amazing childbearing hips, and I was like, heck yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, this was even way before we decided to have kids. So it's kind of like, you know, embracing my kind of my uh, cultural way of looking at my body and mm. uh, and enjoying it and not feeling like it was imposed by some patriarchy but rather embraced by this kind of a relationship where it's democratic and yeah what do you mean cool. by your cultural relationship with your body like what is what does that mean to you you know the curvy indian woman mm. okay okay and <laughs> uh having like yeah, for me, it. having a baby, you know, is like seeing women in saris, seeing their waist and their hips accentuated so beautifully mm-hmm. in a sari, and then seeing women get pregnant and how that looks when you're wearing a sari. And, you know, that's that was my sense of what pregnancy is, right? Because I mm-hmm. grew up in India. Right. And to and to see how the body changes and how the sari looks different on the same body after the baby. And mm-hmm. that that connection and how the hips get wider. And, you know, all these things, right? You grow up with that because that's what you, you know, you, it's, it's part of conversation. It's part of, it's normative cultural understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's seen as beautiful. Um, women are seen as more beautiful. Their hips more beautiful after they have babies. So, it's, you know, it's all that stuff. And so, um so it's kind of fun uh, to think about, ooh, these hips, you know, childbearing hips. It's like, it's definitely, if a dude had told me that, he would have probably lost his balls. But, you know, <laughs> I je- hearing it from Jess and, you know, when everything is so empowered, you just embrace things and it doesn't feel patriarchal. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, it's fun to objectify yourself sometimes. That's and it's your choice. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's Pregnant lovely. bodies are sexy bodies and they are Yeah. Yeah, just that's so wonderful and like sensual and growing and beautiful and all the in all the ways. So absolutely. Love it. I love it. Um how did you decide that you were going to have a baby? Like what was was it something that you like both kind of like came into the relationship knowing or was it like like what is because I mean I feel like a lot of folks 
in longer term relationships or when they see that the relationship might be going somewhere, that person is like a special human to them. Um, that, that conversation comes up, like, do you want to have kids? Like, what's, what's the deal with that? What does that look like to you? So how did that process go for you? Mm-hmm. Do you want to take it? I mean, I'll try to answer it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like so much of this stuff, um, like, I remember bits and pieces. Like, I, but I can't say that we, I remember the, the moment where we talked about it the first time. No, we just like kids. We love kids. We used to babysit friends' kids even and before I, we thought of kids. Yeah, we both really like kids and we also like, we also happened to meet each other, like one of the reasons our relationship worked was that we happened to meet each other when like, within a couple of years, like I was like ready to settle down and like, (laughs) I was like looking for houses and I was like looking for a job to make money and I just like hit, like hit the ground running around like, I don't know, maybe 20, 27. Yeah. And, uh, and so Hanu was at that point too. And so, uh we always knew we, we liked kids and we, we had, we chose to get married and we um, had a big wedding where like our families like met each other. Like that was a big thing was that friends and family knew that like um, knew each other. And then, uh, yeah, we kind of had it. We had, a, we were like, well, let's get married this year. It was very practical. I feel like let's get married this year. Let's, let's get like, let's um, think about getting pregnant next summer and then the baby will be born the summer after. And then that's actually what happened because we and, and like you conceived quickly wow. when we were trying so yeah it, the, it's the schedule stuck <laughs> yeah and to go back to your question uh, all of what Jess said and I think uh, very early on we realized we like kids like within the first year of us dating we babysat that Shay baby oh yeah like you know babysat a baby that we barely knew Co-babysat, when we yeah. barely knew each other it's yeah. just it's just been a yeah i think that kind of also led to the intuitive of course we're going to have kids and mm. and i used to always say i'll have one kid and adopt a kid all my life so i think it's uh, something i've always thought about mm. uh, and then jess was so gung-ho about kids and one kid yeah yeah kid yeah, we were really into as as a, as a couple. We were into the idea of like a single, like a single, yeah, yeah. Child. That was for sure. That's something we definitely talked about. Like we only want one. There was uh, there were of course tempting times when we would say, "Oh, but it'd be so nice to have another." But we always came back to one and done. One and done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Isn't that yeah like, again again due to the wanting the experience like wanting yeah like and and like also appreciating the freedom that comes with having one child. Yeah. Absolutely. And very true. I, I was gonna just say like, isn't it beautiful to see <clears throat> your partner with a baby? If that's something that is a desire for you, and you get to see it in action before you get pregnant a couple times, and you're just like, oh, like that that really <laughs> helps cinch the deal for me with Allison yeah. when I would see her with yeah. other people's babies and just be like oh my god <laughs> it's just... my ovaries are exploding right yeah. now like you just yeah. you have this sense of like oh this makes yeah. so much sense like look at this love that she's giving this child that's not even hers and it, you just explode with joy so I imagine you got to experience that with each other early yeah. on in cool ways that like that's so lovely that is so yeah. true that is very true I think it's very subconscious, right? That experience, yeah. But definitely, there were moments when we thought that. For sure, I love it. I just, I love, I love getting to hear people's 
the whole process of this, right? And like I know, yeah, maybe I don't know. This seems like a good time to like launch into like sure. the nuts and bolts of it all. <laughs> tell yeah. us, tell us all about this. Tell us how you did it. <laughs> Oh my god! You want me to talk? You want me to say? You know what? You should listen to both our versions because okay. you know it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, go you for it. Go oh, it, it's up to it's up to you whether you go first. But like, whenever I hear this this question, I just think of like all the ways that people have have tried to ask it, oh. or have like just assumed they knew the answer. Especially because I work in construction, and it's a lot of like construction guys. And so, like one time when I was at work. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be off soon for a couple of weeks because my partner's having a baby. And he was like, and my coworker was like, what do you mean? Like, and I was like, my partner, like, we're expecting a baby. And he was like, well, like, how did you do it? And I was like, well, like with a donor, <laughs> with a donor. And he was like, lucky guy. <laughs> and I was like, no, man, it's not like, like what, you, what you're thinking right now. <clears throat> But I was, so then I, at a certain point, now I just like choose my lies. And sometimes I'll just be like, we went to a clinic just so that there's no way that anyone can have the misconception that like, they have like, they have some in on our like private life. Just just roped a guy in for one steamy night of action. Yeah. 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 It's like. Which is, yeah. I mean, if there, there are people like, who he, do he that, which that is lucky. Fine, but... He was actually super awkward and, like, very nice. But, <laughs> but he wasn't, like, having the time of his life. <laughs> because, yeah, in front of her, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so, but do you want to tell the story first? Sure. Um, I wanted uh, the child to look like both of us. That's something that kind of led to okay, who will it be? And what kind of attitude and what kind of parenting you want from that? preface this really quickly? Jess has a more I funny just preface. To, it's, not a, it's not even that it's funny. If this is just part of the process was figuring out how we were going to get pregnant. But that was pretty easy to do because we, we, we decided to do it like friends who we knew did it. Like we, So we had friends who had already had a baby when we decided we wanted to try to get pregnant. Like, And so they had a mm. thermometer for testing ovulation that they lent us. And this thermometer has like gotten so many people, helped so many people get pregnant. And we just, we knew the process that Sahana is about to discuss, but it was like a known donor. It was at home. I think we did preface it. Uh, you're that. going too fast. That's, that's <laughs> the conclusion. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm telling the magic of the decision making. Tell us the magic, Sahana. You guys can edit wow. that. Wow. We'll, we'll edit it out. No, we won't. No, we That's won't. Brilliant. Please ignore that part. You can erase that part. Uh, we were like, okay, this baby has to look like both of us. Mm -hmm. And um, and then at one point, I was like, Jess, do you have a cousin anywhere we could use? She was like, nope. So we were like, okay, then we thought, okay, do we want this parent, this person to be involved as a parent or just a donor? we thought about that like no just a donor no involvement no responsibility in fact I wanted to be anonymous and then just was chill about it and then we thought okay we need to find out who it is that we can ask we didn't want it to be someone who's a friend of ours and in fact when a couple of friends found out they were like hey you can have my sperm we're like nah we wanted to be someone that we don't know that well you know that's yeah. not too close to us 
So we had to reject a couple of people. It felt a little crazy doing that because we didn't know if we <laughs> were hurting them. But it was so them. nice. The thing is, people yeah. found out that we would be trying, and I was super appreciative of the couple of people we knew who came forward. And like, that's an awkward conversation. Like, I just feel like, you know, that's a that's a kind of like natural human awkwardness that's going to occur. <laughs> and they were like willing to do it because they were like. You know, they know that maybe we are nervous to ask people, and so I super, I really thought it was cool that we had a couple friends be like, just so you guys know, you know. And then there was one person, a friend of mine. Actually, I knew him more than Jess. She barely knew him. I, when I met with him, he didn't live in the same country even, but he would come to visit Edmonton, and so I just asked him uh, what he thought about it, and told him that we think of it as just a, a gift, and that's it. There's no obligations, responsibilities, involvement, and uh, and he was just so chill about it. And uh, he said, "I don't see why not," is what he said. Wow. Uh, he, he said that, but he said that, but he also said, "Give me some, give me, give me some time to think about it." And he so he took time to reflect. Yeah, which made right. me feel safe, like that. That was his yeah. answer. I'm yeah. Like, oh, this He's not just buying into something because it sounds cool. Yeah, he thought about it. Yeah, yeah, and that's, let us know. That's an important point. At that time, he was like, "I don't see why not, but give me some time." I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then he said yes after thinking about it. And then again, like I said, he was not in the same country. Um, mm-hmm. And I told him maybe a year from now we'd like to try. And he said, "Okay, he'll try to be back in Edmonton for that." Uh, and. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Jess is what Jess tried to tell you kind of fits in, which is we knew a friend who had had a child uh, uh, who also conceived at home, and we asked them how they did it, and she had a fertility meter, and so she would uh, calculate her ovulation. <laughs> hey, Jess and I were wondering: is this too much detail? Or are you guys okay with this? Oh, go! Oh, we we love detail. Yeah, yeah you. As long yeah. as you want, or as little as you want, it's yeah, just like I you. Do, I can feel your stress. That's I'm just, right. I'm just wondering how they're going to edit it down for podcast. But like, you know what? If you guys are saying you love long, long stories, then I'm totally trusting. Yeah. Whatever. And you were, you were talking about um, a fertility yeah. monitor, which I, my question is, what is? <laughs> for sure, it, it's, it's, um, it was like a thermometer or whatever, and you pee on it, and then it would tell you. It, there was like three droplets and when it was at the highest like if it was if it was at three droplets that was like you are ovulated <laughs> you know so like yeah so 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 our donor was in town and 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 like and all we knew right. for sure you were ovulating because at that point we'd been trying this and we knew how how this yeah, thermometer correct. worked yeah correct um, so yeah i'm i think i may be forgetting but maybe jess has a better memory but there was definitely peeing involved the stick thing involved and there's another machine involved where we had to like insert things and it would like do some readings okay yeah so. i i had to pee on little strips like a little ovulation strips that looked like pregnancy tests and yeah, it would exactly. have the like the one line and then the two line if you were ovulating and then we like there was like temperatures and i was like the temperature thing was too much for me i was like i can't fuck with that yeah it was kind of all thing. self-contained yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you had it all in one. Yeah, yeah there was temperature cool. involved, but I was not measuring. Yeah. Anyway, cool. it was yeah. magic. And uh, um, as Jess said, we definitely knew the day every month. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the donor came back into town. We had to have a bigger conversation. We had to also talk about the lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so we did a contract. We got the donor a lawyer. We paid for that lawyer, but we had a separate lawyer for ourselves. And then it was the day of, we called the donor to say, hey, marvelating today. He came over um, and with a sterile cup and uh, um, went to the bathroom, came out, gave us a cup, said bye-bye and left. And then Jess and I, uh, you want to join me? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Jess and I, you know, the joke was, we need a turkey baster, right? But just a, a week before we looked into it, turkey baster is too big. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't need that. I think big. that's a joke. We literally thought that's what they used. We basically, okay, this is when we went, yeah. What happened was we, we needed, so we found out, our friend told us, she gave us the thermometer that helps with like finding out ovulation. And then, then the process she told us was like, yeah, like let him go off and like, you know, basically jerk off into this cup and then he'll just give it to you. And then you guys just need to have like a syringe and then you just like insert it when you're ovulating. And like, then that's you, then that's, that's a try that counts as a try. (laughs) And so we were like, okay, like this doesn't like, and when I had, you know, I went and got it. That was, should I? Yeah. Do you want to finish your story? And then I'll say it. Yeah. Um, Her friend, as Jess said, her friend had told us, you know, take a syringe and go for it and which we did um, and what kind of a syringe just for, okay, for you want her. details here yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay Wait, can i i was not sure jess will give you the details okay this is, this is my favorite part because i feel like it's a modern day fable i can't believe we can do this i can't believe this is possible <laughs> like we can it's just like you know so what we did was the what was the um the things we needed were we had the thermometer and the like ovulation tester and then and then yeah when our donor came you know number one we had the conversation with the donor number two we knew that we wanted legalities kind of as closed as possible so we got um each of us lawyers and we had a very simple contract that we signed that was like we have no legal responsibility toward him and he has no legal responsibility toward us and if if our daughter wants to know who he is when she's a teenager she can know who he is um, so that was the details in that went into our like super like simple um, contract. Mm-hmm. And also regarding lawyers, if you're going to get lawyers involved, you basically it's like you get the person who's donating gets their own lawyer, and then you have another lawyer so that all interests are represented by different lawyers. Interesting. Um, I I have more questions on that, but keep telling your story, and then we can circle around back to that later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and so I just couldn't believe how, how simple and straightforward it was. It was like, we got the biological material. We, ha- we got the donor to like go and get a sterile, like, um, screw cap, uh, yeah. thing from a pharmacy. And we went to our own pharmacy and asked for syringes. And I'm pretty sure they knew what for, cause they just gave us a bag of like, I don't know, like maybe five millimeter milliliter syringes and no needles on the end but the so, thick ones you know the thick ones oh, yeah okay yeah small it can fit between your thumb and your forefinger the syringe and so <laughs> and there was no needle in them and he just gave us a bag full i feel like they probably get asked quite often i feel like the word's getting around town with <laughs> the lesbians <laughs> they're having the babies they're having the babies diy 
yeah. We're all about that DIY life. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, so the on the day of, it was just like the biological material was in the cup. He closed it up. I I was holding it. I was like, there is no way that this little amount of stuff is going to create a baby, and it's outside of a body for like a minute, like. And, I, and it worked. It's just like, I just had to pull it into the syringe, look at it confusedly, and then be told, stop looking at it. And then, you know, we inserted it and that, and then it, and then we just like put the biological material inside and then you were ovulating. The and, and, and then, then it I, and I put my legs up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And should we cut. include the funny part? Yes, we should. How can we not? Okay. Is so so yeah so i took only the morning off of work because i'm such a great partner (laughs) so so but and so uh anyway so we we do this thing right and it's honestly in our maybe some people try to make it super sexy and like profound and that's cool but like for us it was also very practical so it was like get your like yeah legs in the air and it was like now we're gonna watch something that's gonna help ovulation and for us that movie was Baby's Day Out. <laughs> so we just watched Baby's Day Out, and then I was like, hey, sweetie, I got to go. And she was like, okay, I'll watch another movie. <laughs> and then we went to music festivals. Sahana couldn't get do anything fun, fun, but you know, had a good time. But we didn't know. So so it was like, you, we didn't know. So it was like, then it was like two weeks of just kind of like living life as normal. And then... And then we were like, and then we decided on the day that it was possible to know if you were pregnant. We were like, let's do this pregnancy test. And then Sahana got so excited about it that I was right outside the bathroom door. You know, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what's going. I didn't know anything was going on. You know, I thought we were getting ready for this test. And then a huge scream emerges in the bathroom. And Sahana found out on her own that we were expecting a baby. And that's the end of the story of conception. (laughs) Holy crap, so this is your first try? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's that's one hit wonder. One hit wonder. <laughs> one hit wonder. I love it. <laughs> How did you feel? Yeah. How did you feel in that moment? Like the both of you, like what happened after you screamed and then like you told Jess, like what happened? Oh, we were so excited. We were so excited. We were like, okay, who are we gonna tell? <laughs> you know? Um, but we were also mindful of not wanting to share anything for a few months. Yeah. Uh, I think in the moment, though, it was, I think there was this incredulity that this actually worked. Because everything had gone so smoothly that we almost couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. That, that was a huge piece. And we told the donor right away so that he could leave. Because he he was going to stay a little longer if I needed to try again the next month, which was so nice of him. Oh, that's nice. So we uh, told him. He was like, he was just a surprise. He was like, wow, okay, great. (laughs) Do you you guys like high five? You're like, yes, go baby making skills. Um, But it was, I don't know, it was. And then there was also the, um, you know, those. Uh, baby uh, bearing hips, child bearing hips, as, yeah. you know, so fertile, and all those jokes started. Oh yeah, within our household and just having fun with it. Oh. We were just, you know, had so much fun with it. That's oh, so good. That's so yeah, great. and I knew my parents would be excited. Just knowing that everybody that 
it's part of our life would be super excited mm-hmm. was also ex- and supportive was like also there around us mm-hmm. so until we were ready to tell people yeah it, i think we had some private time with it and then mm-hmm. shortly like, after said it yeah i feel like my reaction was immediately i'm not going to assume this is going to lead to a baby like i was very cautious i was like we're going to wait until 3 months in you know like i i i started like really like emotionally kind of like attaching to the pregnancy quite late just cuz i like i know people who have lost babies and like my mom lost a baby and so like i just was right i honestly it was so normal for me to like be like great like what and but but then i was still cautious my um, partner was like that too i think yeah. that's pretty that's pretty common and thanks for sharing mm-hmm. that yeah cuz i was, was going to when you said that i was going to ask him like why do you why do you think that you were like hesitant but that's yeah exactly the same thing yeah how was that um for you sahana with like just being like a little hesitant to emotionally attach to the idea of being pregnant for a little while cuz it's so different when it's like in your body and you're like yeah like there's some shit hap there's a, there's things happening here like i'm pregnant and like your partner obviously it's not happening in their body um and there's like different things going on like how was that for for you and for the both of you both yeah i'd love to hear from both mm-hmm. of you yeah i i think it i think it's uh you know uh, it's to me it made sense mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it it i think to a certain extent you know i'm now when recounting the story to you I, i'm thinking about the good stuff right yeah. and when jet mentioned the caution i was like thinking oh yeah i felt that too a little bit mm-hmm. um but honestly um i was also 37 um we knew anything could happen at any time there was that we had talked about it too so there was that there's a little bit of pragmatism that was attached to this situation mm-hmm. and but at the same time i i i tend to be a very positive person um and i just expect the best all the time <laughs> so, yeah. you know i just like why not you know it's, i'm always thinking why not it's, it's almost like whatever happens happens but we'll be okay with it but you as a partner were very accepting of the fact that i was more nervous and like mm. you know you yeah. let me, you let me have my own you let me have my own like yeah. um work nervousness but i i feel like uh you were a very supportive partner around that it's not it didn't cause friction in our relationship for mm-hmm. me to have that uh yeah. reserved uh, reserved kind of like a celebration yeah once we hit 6 months i was like i was like running with it yeah mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah. yeah um so anyway and i always appreciate that about sahana as a partner is that she gives so much space for like me to have my own um thoughts and feelings about stuff because there is like a separation there's a healthy separation between us um and uh you were you were on probably your happy train in a way where like and maybe I wasn't exactly meeting you there but it was also you were yeah. happy to be on It's that okay. train and yeah you were happy and like you know you just see I think that you saw it as inevitable that I join like you had trust that I would yeah. join and you knew where my nervousness came from which was you know just stories of miscarriages you know it's it's part of it's part and parcel and like mm-hmm. um it happens to a third of new pregnancies i i was like my mom raised me with this knowledge 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so whenever I ever thought about getting having a baby, I always, I I always just assumed that there might be some heartbreak first. What a, what a great balance, and and how great that you two could have space for each other to hold both of those emotions at once, and that they're both equally valid, and like to support that. Um, it's just so beautiful. Like my, it, it's interesting you say that because my mom, when I told her I was pregnant, she also. And she tried not to tell me, but I could sense it. Like she really didn't grab onto it until about maybe three months in is when she really got excited. And just because like, I also was 37 when I conceived. Um, so that, and just like, she knows the reality of pregnancies as well. And I, you know, I got to honor that for her. I was excited. I was just like, yeah, here we go. But like, yeah, to give space for that, I think is very important and special. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next on our questions list? Okay, what's next? Hang on, let me look at our questions. Actually, you know, okay, so I have a question about the the lawyer piece of things. Because depending on, like, what process you take, there's different legal requirements. Like, we talked to another couple, like I said, we talked to another couple earlier today um, that went a different route, and there were certain requirements in terms of like getting a lawyer and documentation and like that kind of stuff because um, we cheat yeah we well cheat. we were told we were told yeah. about that option too I think yeah. we just we were if yeah I feel like the one of the things that we were most nervous about was you know we didn't want there to be issues with the donor like I didn't I wanted to know that our donor had the like mental fortitude to not come looking for his like biological child at some point during yeah. like this where he can like, right. you know, where people can define themselves by exterior people in their lives. So I really just didn't want to run that risk. That um, so like um, we were told, we were told about the notary, you know, I think that um, we just wanted to have it like ironclad, but it isn't even ironclad. Like with a with a lawyer, and just because these things are so new in the legal system, mm-hmm. um, and there haven't been a lot of like challenges um, to you know gay adoption. And I think if there are certain challenges, that mm-hmm. a lot of those decisions are on a case by case basis. So, mm-hmm. um, but we did we we knew that like lawyers would get it as as close to like legally binding as possible that like right. you know he can't come demanding access and we can't go to him demanding money yeah. for her education in the future um but we did hear about the notarization thing and like that's probably honestly just as like it's also probably strong because like what these things do is is it it's it's a framework for discussion if if there's a problem in the future where like yeah. both both parties can go to it um and we were told, like, if, say, for example, like, our donor did come and, and challenge it, you know, we're not 100% guaranteed that, like, you know, a legal challenge wouldn't result in, like, um, legally binding, you know, visitation rights. You're taking a leap of faith, whether it's w- whether you're having a baby with, like, the biological, you know, father um, mm-hmm. of, of the baby you're having or whether you're having it with a donor. Like, it's a leap of faith of, like, a lifelong kind of connection relationship um absolutely i have baby daddy drama from a previous relationship so yes it does not matter (laughs) yeah yeah that makes sense and like also um because like in our other guest situation um or no in in my situation like our we have a known donor from another 
province in Canada. So legally for us, we had to figure out the differences between the law in those provinces. And then we ended up going with Alberta law because that's where we are from. <clears throat> and that made sense. But um, other folks who have a donor from, like, say, the States, that would be very different if, if they had a known donor. Like, so it probably depends on, you know, like a notary versus lawyer, whatever, like uh, where you're yeah. living and what, what laws are governing uh, those two people. And for the so. purposes of our, our listeners, I'll just say that we're in um, Alberta, Canada. So um, it's only like, it, and for us, like, I don't know if this is something you all thought about. And I think maybe this is going in a different, maybe a slightly different direction too. But like, I think it's only been since the early 2000s that like in a same-sex partnership, you can have both of the parents names on the birth certificate and it doesn't have to be like a father or the donor name yeah um but but everybody's got their own reasons for going other routes and like there's to me there's something like so psychological about like a lawyer is involved so it means that this is very like official and like you can't mess with this more ironclad yeah more yeah more like solid yeah yeah, exactly. So yeah, you'd never even like, tell you. I'd say around yeah, talking about the discussion around the donor stuff. I think um, for other people who are looking to get pregnant in this way, um, my advice would be, you know, as so I didn't know our donors. So Hannah knew the donor, and he like and and uh, and I'd met him a couple of times, but like for me. I was as as the partner who like you know wasn't caring and like is in this relationship I wanted to know that you know our donor wasn't going to kind of mess with our family dynamic mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and I was actually fine with our donor being like an more of an uncle type figure and Sahana wasn't into that um so that was that was cool so like that was a really good discussion to have that was an interesting several discussions that we had where I was like what's the big deal but it's like you having more discussions around this stuff really helps you unfurl your own internal like Sohana felt that way she didn't know why she felt that way so through these conversations we like worked on a lot of like we just got to like discover things about ourselves there were things that we felt that we'd never really like delved into um so but we knew what the framework of the family we wanted to have was you know it was Mm. it was the like more of like a donor uh like a gift giver you know type relationship scenario but for me i'm like when it started i was like i can't imagine being someone who would willingly give up their biological data and know that they had this other person this 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 child like they knew that they had a child in the world but they don't know the child and like those were the words that i would use describing it to myself and so i was like nervous that you know he'd have this like connection to this being and that he'd want it Uh, so when i met him it was really good to just meet up we went we met up at like a bar somewhere just to say hi before anything before we ever tried this is a year before we tried and uh i got a really good vibe from him um he he wasn't taking it super seriously which i found safe safer than if he was taking it really seriously he was joking around about it um, you know, he was happy, he was chill. So I got a really good vibe from him. And like, the, then we met a couple more times and still same vibe. He was totally down. What he was, what he wanted the lawyer to draft up was exactly what we would have wanted him to want, which was, you know, 
please don't come to me asking for money and like you know i will not i will not um demand access to this child and so so that was really really good so i would say have definitely meet if you're the partner who's not um conceiving with with the donor several times and like get to know their personality um because it helps you have like a a role in it you know because it can it can be kind of strange to feel like you don't have a role in the conception of your own child so like the more we met with him and the more it was like you know i was i was cool with him and i saw that he was actually really hands off so it let me step into that role more and which is what i needed but also what the whole process showed me was like at the beginning i was like oh you know yeah that you're he's gonna have this child that he doesn't know and like how will that feel like i can't imagine that but then as we got ready to have this baby as like sohana's pregnancy moved on by the time we had the by the time our daughter was born i was like oh i would totally donate biological material because um i see like what a gift it is but also like what matters in a child's life is like who looks forward to that child and who wants to be that child's like parent figures so i like i love that part of the process like i i really um came a long way from like ha- the 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 the, na- the quote like natural words that came to my mind at the beginning versus like by the end mm-hmm. and so i can totally see why he'd be willing to donate now mm-hmm. that's incredible like i yeah just thinking about that makes me want to talk more to my partner about like you know her her role and stuff and we did have big conversations of course mm-hmm. but like that's just so that's a lovely insight around like the the non-birthing parents and like kind of what you were going through so thank you yeah absolutely and also like maybe this is a conversation for like another episode um that we can pull out a little bit more but the whole like um our 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 natural language that we use um around certain relationships because like um so powerful well we so i'm i'll get into this in another episode when i tell my my own conception story but we used steph's brother and so the people's reactions to that being like so your kid's uncle is gonna be their dad and we're like but no their uncle will be the donor but it's not you know and like so it's like Mm -hmm. it's not like the donor has a kid out there it's like this is your Mm -hmm. kid and that person just happens to be the donor yeah yeah and like that's the big the big like the piece around language I find when I have these conversations in queer communities people are like oh yeah that makes sense but I we also have a lot of like non-queer friends so like trying to like help them break that language piece down is always a really interesting process to watch and yeah and then it's 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 good to like think about for your own self too because yeah a lot especially I'm, I'm guessing too is like the non-birthing parent but yeah mm-hmm. I, I personally really like having conversations like with with people <laughs> who maybe don't have gay friends or like specifically lesbian friends like yeah. um and like because I worked in construction like there was lots of convos all the time and like I didn't mind when it would land on this and like I would ask I would I would just try to like um, frame it for them because like I grew up in that culture like I I know how that I thought about the whole donation process at the beginning of the pregnancy was very was a very straight way of thinking about it you know it was a very like 
you know, well, the parents own the child, like it's their mm-hmm. child, you know, the biological parents, it's, it belongs to them in a way. And that, that's a very, that's very like heteronormative way of thinking about the creation of new human life. Um, and so I really actually like the conversations where people are like, oh, but what about, they kind of like throw a spoke in the wheel and you're just like, me even sharing, like, I know that that is a kind of powerful story to share when I say that I, uh, I'll be like, yeah, man, I know. I totally, I totally thought that I would, um, you know, that I feel weird as not the biological parent to this baby, but like, I absolutely feel like the, the, as good as the biological parent to this baby. And I know, yeah, the donor doesn't at all. Like we met up with the donors when our kid was six months old and, uh, and it was so, it was so nice, but he was also so chill. And I'm like, the reason that our donor was able to be chill with our, with a six month old that was like technically you know quote unquote his his child is that it's it it does he doesn't he didn't perceive it as his child Mm -hmm. and i was like and you probably i don't know like if you knocked up someone 20 years ago you know you wouldn't it's it's a different feeling when you're when you're part of someone's life from day one and like Mm -hmm. and and it helps i just feel like it helps i feel like culture in general is getting queerified in a really cool way Mm -hmm. and so you see a lot more like people who call themselves straight being called like different kinds of like sex that are considered queer and um relationship like they're queering their relationships and and so people are people like when you talk to them now i feel like they're there's there's a stepping stone already there culturally and so when i say these things they can they take it at face value it's just whether i have the patience or interest that day to like actually talk (laughs) yeah (laughs) talk about it so true because the questions they do come but that's, that's so beautiful. Like you're right. Like because you two had the intention of being the parents from the beginning, the donor didn't. And so, like the most important thing, as you said earlier, is like the two that are, or the the person, or the 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 group that are putting into that the energy of being parents with that intention. You know, that's what that's what matters, right? For the, and the expectation. For the yeah. 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 That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Wowzers. Alexis, did you have any other questions? Oh, let me just see. I I have a funny part. Um, as Jess was talking about um, her perception, um, for because I know the donor so well, yeah, um, and his attitude even in our friendship is so chill. He's not being. He was not different. He had basically hasn't changed through all of this. The person I knew before I had the very first conversation with the person I know now is the same person. So there's that stable consistency about this person, right? So for me, it never crossed my mind that. Like I never once thought, oh, it's his child or anything like that. It was just donation, you know? In fact, Jess is the one who helped me think about it that way. She said, he's giving a gift. Like that's really it. And it was like, that was the metaphor I needed and it stuck in my head. I was chill. Anybody asked me, oh, but the, you know, who's the dad or does the dad know? I had a lot of patience to walk them through that. And good for you. And I was like, duh. And I was like, you know, explaining so easy. And I thought, oh, this comes so natural. And then one day I was at a grocery store and the donor's dad was there, who I oh. know. Yeah. And and my kid was with me. And that was the only time I felt highly flustered. And I was like, didn't know what to say. And 
I didn't know how to introduce Shiva and I didn't, I was like, what am I supposed to be doing something right now? It just suddenly threw me for a loop. Until then, I was this cool cucumber and then suddenly mm. not so cool. And uh, it just felt this, because, uh, you know, you think about somebody as a grandparent mm. suddenly, mm. you know? Oh, it for was, sure. I couldn't like help it. No, I don't right. even see him that way. But I was like, "Whoa, do you have a right to know?" Is what I was thinking. Oh, right. Have the right to know, because until this that moment, it was our human rights, the donor's human rights, the child's human rights, human rights, and that's all that mattered. And then suddenly, I met the donor's dad. I I ran into him. And I, I knew him for a while. He's like really amazing. And he was actually my mentor at that time for a very brief period of time. And so to run into him with Shiva was a little, oh. And I said, this is my daughter. And it, it was the strangest thing. Wow. And I came home and I told Jess, what am I supposed to introduce her as? And she said, same with it as anyone else and yeah. you know it just really like again grounded me but um yeah that was one time i have to say i i still i can feel that mm -hmm. feeling i had that, that day that makes so much sense because we are still no matter what in the, the dominant culture we live in we're still um within that heteronormative like you know oh because the sperm donor gave us sperm means that there is that lineage and that right or whatever even yeah. though it's not the case and we've gone through the work and we've done the lawyer stuff and it's all yeah it's still i find that i don't have any i'd say fears but you know i think about the first time that our donor is going to meet our child <coughs> and that'll probably happen in six months or a year or whatever i think about that and i i get a little like what's it going to be like so i'm really thankful that you could share your story and be like yeah, this, it felt good. It felt chill. It wasn't as, you know, scary as it, we thought it would be or whatever. Mm -hmm. That gives me a lot of hope because, um, yeah, I think no matter what, it's, it's always going to be a bit weird, you know? It's good to just think about there, what to anticipate, I suppose. Absolutely. There isn't absolutely. a lot of ritual. There's so much ritual, like, from, like, you know, having a baby in like you know the dominant culture but like when you're when you're using a donor and like you're a lesbian or whatever there isn't a lot of ritual around um the whole like donor uh scenario and i think that it might some people might benefit from having a bit of ritual even yeah. if it is just you know oh you found out on a podcast that these uh, this other couple met up we met up at a at a popular cafe it was it was very chill because of that it wasn't like we had him over at our home it was like out at a cafe in the middle of summer you know he held her we asked him how he felt when he held her he was like oh she feels like my niece would feel it feels like i'm holding a niece mm -hmm. um you know um and it was it was really a positive experience and i and i feel like um if, 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 if it's something like that you want to do where you meet your baby's donor and like the donor meets the baby, um, then then like recognize that as probably what is going to be a lifelong memory. Like it's not like this person means nothing. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's and, like I will always remember that feeling in that cafe because I was nervous. I was like nervous. <laughs> it's like going on it. The, the nervousness that you feel before meeting someone important. <clears throat> um, 
and uh and 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 i feel like that's part of you know that that's good because that's a major life event <laughs> yeah like it's normal to feel nervous yeah and it's part of the fun you know i mean like i mean like i mean we have these we have these fears as um as as i think like two women wanting to have a baby who like require this genetic makeup material that neither of us carry there's obviously going to be a fear of like someone taking it away from us because they have the legal ability to or they could mm -hmm. but the likelihood of that is super low you know like out of the thousands of people who do this kind of donation you hear about maybe what one a year that might go to court and and that has its own whole years of history behind why those people went to court mm -hmm. um but but because you asked us about like it like just uh ideas that we might have to share with other queer parents um is like i feel like enjoying the process and like as as much as you know as much as like hetero people get to enjoy it like we should get to enjoy it and because like there's i i would love to see more more queer ritual and culture around around this and like and more um more of like a a flowering of like kind of like the philosophies of like queers and babies have uh, queer people having babies and uh, there was a really really awesome book that we read to shiva like to our daughter from like birth what was that book called it was egg and sperm yeah yeah what was it called mm. how to make babies yeah how how to make a baby and it's a super oh. queerified version of conception and it's really cool as a queer parent to read it. I will send you a link so you can like have it on the podcast. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. And so as a parent reading to this like four month old, you know, <sighs> she's seeing visuals that are very uh, androgynous. And it's all about like some bodies are born with um, eggs, eggs and some bodies are born with sperm. Like not all bodies have eggs and not all bodies have sperm. And, you know, and it, and it really like does drive home. And it's where I got the philosophy of like, and it's what helped me kind of like kind of ground myself around like the parents are the people who look forward to the baby being born was that book so we'll send it to you oh. and it is i feel like it is part of developing um some some cultural like milestones some cultural like posts in the ground yeah anchors yeah yeah cool. that's brilliant so and just cool. to know that we're like all of us are building that culture together as we speak Yes, for sure. Are. For sure. <laughs> and like so we're lovely. helping and the, on, like the I would love to see what kinds of language develops and like we're pulled so heteronormativity is so strong. We're all pulled toward it. I'm pulled toward it as like a queer person even. Like I I don't even recognize it until like it's pointed out to me sometimes, which is so of course. Yeah. Um but you have to be more aware, like if you want to raise a child who's proud to have two moms you got to queerify your life, which is great for us. As, it's a great like um, exercise as queer human beings, because I think it is it's very easy to turn off and go the route of least resistance, which which is a very normative life route. Um, and what what this pandemic has done too for like for people, no matter what their sexuality is. But what I've super appreciated about it is that it has forced us to like question things that we consider to be a mark of success i feel that like i was i was going down a road as the parent of like a child where it was like i was teaching her very like uh set things about 
about life and um and and th this pandemic happening has really brought me back to like what's important in life and what's important in life whether you're whether you're queer but especially when you're queer is like things that uh, are life affirming experiences and life affirming experiences are like emotional experiences mm -hmm. um once you have the basics of like food and shelter you can have those life affirming experiences and I, and i'm super glad and another way of, of queering straight life is the questioning of like of this success of what what success is and what a what a good life is too yeah if, if we're if we're if we're if we're talking about um just parenting advice or queer parenting advice i just think it's also i also like as well as appreciating the process and like just um trying to be present um and and kind of like having the conversations with people where they're curious and stuff but also not letting that define your experience of being pregnant and like being like annoyed by it to the extent where you can't actually just be in your body as much as you can for these moments but and also when that baby is born i think rejection of purity culture is like the best thing you can do so like it's all of the like judgments the parental judgments or the things that you think you're supposed to do that you're not doing or you're not able to do or you don't have the energy it's like as much as you can whenever you have those like those things coming into your head where you're like this isn't organic or you know i should be breastfeeding or or whatever whatever we all know what these uh these silent judgments are that we can make yeah um the faster you can like swap that away you know the faster you can recognize that as as kind of like your ego talking and not like your intuition um and then go for intuition which is like this baby needs love that's that is the most important thing is that it feels the love of um of of, of the person who's holding it and taking care of it um I, I would really like to see more people uh, worrying less about about what other people think of their parenting because I think we, when you trust yourself, you're just able to be there with your child and like the most important thing, like eye contact and you know positive reinforcement and and things like that and like whether you need to like have a week where you're where you're microwaving dinners because you're just overworked or whatever it is like see that week is like probably the funnest week of your kid's life you know? <laughs> yeah that's so true yeah my favorite meals were the nights when we were having kd and hot dogs i was like it's a treat yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's how kids experience it they don't experience it as neglect but somehow as parents that's what we've come to think of ourselves as we're neglecting our kids if we take less than like an hour to cook them like a from scratch meal and from scratch is great. And, and like, but don't, but yeah, but the idea that like there's a pure way of raising a child and there's an impure way, like that doesn't help anyone. And, and to be stressed out all the time uh, around how you're judging yourself is, isn't healthy for like ourselves as parents and the kids pick up on that too. So just Absolutely. like, yeah, just getting into the habit of like, self-talking yourself away from those judgments and just mm -hmm. leaning into I'm gonna have fun tonight with my kid too because we're gonna like watch a movie and like cuddle on the couch together yes it's not it's not like two hours of screen time or like you yeah, know yeah. that's that's a way of thinking of that's a very imp like purity culture way of thinking of it is like how many hours has my kid ha done this today how many hours have they done this how many of these vegetables have they eaten it's like you're not yeah yeah as you're 
as you're saying those things, uh, my my shoulders and chest are just like, oh, they're just relaxing, you know, because like you, our baby isn't here yet, but they will be very soon. But of course, I'm coming into this pregnancy and this this child raising situation with a lot of those cultural like, this is what you should do, and I'm gonna try to um, mm-hmm. issue them as much as possible. But it's so hard, so it's like. <laughs> Making me feel really relaxed hearing you say those things, so thank you. I'm having just flashbacks of my childhood, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's my, I remember. If you want, if you want to watch more TV, you have to read for an hour. Oh, God. Maybe part of this, uh, my attitude comes from my dad. Like, my dad built us a slide out of, like, painted plywood when I was a kid and, like, put a hose on it. And he was like, here's your water slide. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? I'm, and I'm like, look how great I turned out. Yeah, you're great. It's fine. And 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 queers can go normative and normative like people who like it. You don't your sexuality doesn't doesn't really matter when I talk about queer queerification of like parenting mm. because again, like there's there's so many examples we just don't want to pay attention to. You know, if you want to consider like dominant culture, straight culture. There's so many examples of like so many different kinds of families in that culture as well, yeah. which we also don't. It's it's become a it's become a like a normal thing to see, but we don't we don't appreciate that. There's there's one view of like nuclear family, and there's uh, and that's a very strong concept yeah. Yeah. in our culture. But like family has has so much other kinds of history. The history of like the family structure, like. You're living in 1700s England. You have a son. You're planning for that son to move away to London and like be be at the court of someone at age six. You're like sending your son off for like the, his whole life, the rest of his life. Like you're still his mom and dad. Are you going to see him every couple of years? Maybe. And that was like that was like a normal family structure where it was like you had someone from outside the family taking on the child as like to mm-hmm. to raise it and educate it to. And that was normal back then. That was like seen as like good parenting was. So I'm just trying yeah. to draw like the clarification of like. <laughs> no, I get it. It's like it's like it's like boundaries and like this is like 101 that I feel like I'm stepping into that I don't even know. No, it, it makes so much sense. It's like it's like um, folks that are kind of changing and and dynamically moving where the needle is on the status quo and like what is expected and mm-hmm. I feel like when we use queering as a verb like that that's exactly what it is like I in my cooking show I cook with one hand that in a way that's queering the kitchen it also helps that I'm also super gay but like in terms of like the modalities I use they're they're very they're queering things because they're they're adding disability in there they're adding new ways of, of thinking new possibilities I think Queering adds new space and possibilities into frameworks that have been very rigid and very set out by dominant culture for so long. Um, so thank God, you know, there's queer like queering happening in all types of relationships. You know, that's, that's a very good thing. Yeah, <laughs> a very good thing. I cannot thank you enough. This was so lovely, so so good. I hope that you'll come back one day. To talk about more things. <laughs> more things. Yeah. Oh, we have so many things. I'm yeah. sure you probably have so many things to share too. Like, oh, so lovely. It's fun. It's fun. You know, I really like this idea um, because I would love for Shiva to be able to hear it as she, when she grows older and yeah, hear her story, yeah. you know, said in it. I didn't really consider that until Jess was like 
giving her passionate response because I would love for Shiva to know that that's how our mom thinks, you know? Absolutely. So I was like, this is awesome. This is going to go down in history of Edmonton. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. But it'll be online. It'll be online. It'll be part of our history, right? Digital history. Yeah. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Alexis, the recipe, is if you choose oh, to use it, I'm gonna write this it's down. like, okay. Yeah. Was it two shots of castor oil or one? <laughs> I think it was one. Okay. And then fill your glass up like three quarters and have a big glass and then fill it up three quarters with orange juice. Okay. And then you get like a heaping, butter. heaping tablespoon of peanut butter. Okay. And you just mix it together. We used our... Blender to make a magic bullet. Be prepared. Be prepared for a very quick baby to come out. So, you know, started watching a movie after Sahana had the second, the second drink, and we didn't make it past the stars going over the lake on the mountain. It was paused, and it was on that for like an hour before we turned the TV off, and it was just. Like the stars making its way over the lake before the movie started, and we were like, "This you is know, never going to happen." When they're trying to show the studio that's part of the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we stopped there. Yeah. It was Terminator, Terminator Four, the Genesis, next Genesis. Yeah, <laughs> I hope we went back it. and watched it because that shit's awesome. I know I love Terminator series, so I was like, "That's <laughs> what I want to watch." I haven't seen it yet. Never got to see it. It was active labor, but I'm sure there'll be another episode whenever you guys decide to talk about it yeah well yeah, i mean maybe that's the movie i'll put on when i drink that drink just to honor like yeah like, but show. yeah <laughs> so hana and i definitely enjoyed that the we definitely took uh, her being overdue as um opportunity to kind of have m- more like whatever date nights uh before the baby came so like uh i really appreciate it and the like, baby late yeah. Oh, and Kyle, I really great. hope that like you can that, that like bed rest works, and you just get to like be there, and your baby just keeps growing, and get and just chills out for a little bit, you know. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's been nice, like between being on bed rest at like the same time as all of the like COVID lockdown yeah. stuff. Like I realized, I'm like I haven't actually rested like this in over a decade, so it's been mm. very, very nice. Mm. Yeah, Good. yeah. That that's the thing, right? These yeah. unintended consequences. And also, just like imagine, also like your baby in the womb <clears throat> is like experiencing a body relaxing to this yes. degree. It's yeah. so good. It's so oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. You were just the best. I just, yeah, this was it's so true. good. And just good to it's catch up on guys. Yeah, it's been so friendship long. times. I know. Well, I yeah. mean, the pandemic doesn't help, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah one of these days yeah, we, we can all guys come together. a bunch of other friends now. <laughs> what? Yeah. One of these days, we can, once we're allowed, we can have a big barbecue. We have a barbecue in the back that's new that's yeah. we love. And we can just that have just all of our babies love. play together. Yeah, I would love that yeah. so yeah. much. Put her babies and, in a pit. <laughs> yeah, and some people like to tell their horror birthing stories. Just tune it off and say not interested and walk away. Okay, that's great yeah. advice. <laughs> did all the time. I did it all the time. She did I, all I, the I time. in fact, I didn't even bother to tell them why I was walking away. I just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. That's I was like, whatever. Keep walking. Good and for you. Like the best birthing. Yeah, that's amazing. 
I okay. love it. Uh, okay. Thank you so much. These yeah. questions were good. It was nice for us to go there and think about these things and and yeah. all, also think about all the things I forgot too. It was really cool. Yeah. So glad. So, yeah. Thank you for so being special. a part of this. So special. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for asking Take us. Take care. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We love you. We'll Cheers. talk to you very soon. Bye. Thank Have you. a good night. Bye. 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 Bye.